Spread Great Ideas is meant to increase the signal in a world awash in noise. I'm your curator and host, Brian David Crane, and it is my quest to share the learnings of the world's most interesting people, the disruptors, the outliers, the libertines, and those who've been unconventionally successful so that we can become a little bit wiser together. All right, so I'm sitting here with AJ Uodka, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lithuanian-American expat now in Bali with me, and we're going to be talking about biohacking, about routines, daily routines, morning routines, and evening routines, and I just want to kind of give some context. AJ is 6'7", 240 pounds, very big, very imposing figure, very fit. We met earlier uh, this year at a conference here in Bali. And when I talked with him, his personality is not necessarily what you would imagine from seeing him. He's much more of a gentle giant, <laughs> which is a testament actually to probably how powerful it is that he doesn't need to convey it with his, uh, with his words and his actions. He just kind of carries it as his presence. So happy to be here. And AJ, I just want you to actually pronounce your name for people in Lithuanian. Thank you. So first of all, yeah, thanks for, for that. <laughs> it's funny, I've been debating that. Uh, the physical presence for last last couple of weeks, it's come up pretty often as I help people get initially intimidated. And once we actually start talking and carrying on the conversation, it uh, changes a bit. So yeah, my name is Auri Mosilka, and I just go by AG because it is hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... You you definitely what what has been the transition as far as the the couple past couple of weeks with your physical presence people have people have said to you I was really scared when you first walked in the room yeah okay. exactly yeah yeah <laughs> the intimidation component uh, in the beginning and then just it's just not me <laughs> I remember when I was boxing competitively uh, my coach would make me step over the top rope into the ring huh. so to intimidate people and and keep us i i could barely keep a straight face on because i i think to myself this is so stupid huh. but <laughs> yeah. it worked no yeah absolutely yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the aggression and all all of that i never i never really carried it in me so yeah I'm, uh yeah uh carry a lot of feminine energy energy i guess yeah and i'm not don't deny it, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. you're sitting here. We're wearing. Pa I'm wearing pastels. You're wearing pastels, right? It's not like uh, um, you're not tatted up in the sense of like a, um, a thug. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> like it's a it's a balance between the two. So, yeah, I want to talk about this because I've seen a photo of you from in the past where you were you were always tall, but not necessarily so big, right? Mm. So that journey from when you were like, I'm tired of being thin, you know, to where you got to now. How much weight you put on? How'd you do it? Um, so first of all, it wasn't it wasn't just being thin. It just, it was being sick all the time. Uh, mm. That I struggled with uh, all kinds of childhood diseases. So I was constantly sick. I was constantly on antibiotics. I was constantly uh, away from school and uh, just in a hospital. And something was always wrong with me. So mm. that was that was one of the things that I struggled a lot as a child and as a tall, lanky uh, kid who's who's just always sick that's that's what i was uh known for in my family i had like allergic asthma um attacks and stuff like that and um at one point that kind of when i transitioned to my adulthood uh that really carried over 
with me. And uh, then I realized that I have to do something about it and started obsessively researching what can I do. And the first thing that I found was fitness. Uh, so when I moved to the States and I was introduced to weightlifting at the age of around 20, I think I wa uh, it was. And um, in about half a year, I was able to put on over 50 pounds of muscle. Uh, doing that through what I discovered um, was fasting was one of those modalities that it's, it kind of sounds counterintuitive, but uh, the growth hormone peaks when after like a 24 hour fast and then I would crush a workout, a uh, heavy workout and then uh, refeed like crazy and do that like two times a week hmm. um, and also eat a lot uh, when I was when I was weightlifting and then uh, trying to put on weight. So I would eat a lot throughout the week and then those two 24-hour fasts with massive refeeds after the workout. So you would basically... You would wake up, let's say it was a Wednesday, you wake up Wednesday, you fast the entire day, mm -hmm. and then Thursday, first thing in the morning, you go work out yeah. and have uh, a huge, essentially protein-laden mm -hmm. uh, meal afterwards, right? And you do that twice a week. And then the other days, you know, whether it's a Friday or one of the days when you're not fasting, how many calories were you taking in? I have no idea. I never I never tracked calories. That was, that was one of the things, because, um, now even when I work with my clients, is just uh, when they ask me about meal preps, um, meal plans, calorie counting, I shut that out immediately because I know how how unsustainable it is. And it's just, um, it's so against what I believe in, uh, which is a holistic approach to wellness and fitness and everything and our lifestyles. So um, that, you know, calorie counting, weighing your food, all of that just leads to obsession. And again, now, like if I'm collecting data, if I'm interested in measuring something exactly, sure. Uh, for temporarily, great. Yeah. Uh, like when I do extended fasts uh, these days, I, uh, I engage in five-day fasting mimicking protocol three times a year. So I just did my third one like a month ago. And that's a full. That's a full fast. You're not eating like one avocado a day, or two. so that one. That was like fasting mimicking. So let's say my caloric intake on more active days would be approximately four thousand ish calories. Uh, on those days, I would eat. So for five days, I would eat uh, thousand. First days like thousand. Um, second, third, fourth, fifth. It's like seven hundred calories hmm. that you consume, and uh, purely from plant based. Um, products and super low in protein so you're keeping the protein intake under 20 20 grams and the reason for that is to suppress that mTOR that anabolic pathway uh, that essentially is uh um is aging us if it's always on if mm. it's always turned on hmm. yeah and so to go back in the story were you then doing this fasting this 24-hour fasting followed by a massive feed while you were at the coast guard academy mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I have a friend of mine who went into the Marine Corps, didn't, I don't think do the fasting, but he wound up putting on so much weight in the Marine Corps because it was a similar dynamic, early twenties and there was food available and mm -hmm. they were also working him out. Yep. And he, he got, I think he, he didn't do 50 pounds, but he probably put on 25 pounds of muscle and came back and was just mm -hmm. cut. Yeah. So that's, so when you're at the Coast Guard Academy and you're going through this, was this due to your own, you wanted, you were like, okay, I just want to get bigger. Or was it something the Coast Guard was essentially saying to you, like, this is, you need to do it for, 
for our purposes, right? I don't know if they have a physical component right. to, yeah, when you're uh, at the, the academy. There's some sort of physical component, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was just simply, was like, how do I get better? How mm. do I actually uh, transform my body and transform uh, something that, have something that I never had mm. before? And uh, the, that it being health, I thought that fitness was directly related to health and uh, we all know that that's that's just a small component of the healthy lifestyle but that was that was my outlet and i realized that uh, in order to um run away from that from those sicknesses and what carried over into my adult life uh, from my childhood uh, that was one of the things that i um i did mm. and that led into me understanding that that's that was not the most <laughs> not the smartest way a way to approach it um, because I looked good on the outside mm. but I felt like crap on the inside uh, since the foods that I was the food choices the nutritional choices that I was making were pretty pretty poor. So, and then did you also, was that also the point when you had people start coming to you and being like, can you coach me? Can you tell mm -hmm. me what to do? And mm -hmm. so I can imagine that you're in a position where you, you want to tell them something, but at the same time, you know that internally you don't feel great about it. Uh, so you're telling them, hey, go, I don't know what you were eating at that point, but how did that, how did that dynamic play out? So at that point, it was just uh, them asking, how do I put on more muscle? We're in college, we're in our early 20s, and that's what you care about at that point and then uh, I knew how to put on muscle and then when I uh, realized that the external um, the way you look does not necessarily mirror the way you, uh, the way you feel uh, that's when I started discovering I started getting more into nutrition and strategies to eat better uh, to actually feel better because I had a lot of brain fog and low energy and uh, as I said I looked good but I felt like crap mm -hmm. uh, I would I would have I was borderline insomniac and uh, had a lot of trouble sleeping and um, couldn't get through the day without uh, some sort of a stimulant uh, yeah, coffee or coffee okay. or yeah. not talking cocaine no not cocaine yeah, yeah. coffee <laughs> Co uh, cocaine and the coast guard academy that would have been a bit yeah iffy yeah. dicey yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and then your transition out of the coast guard academy when you and I had met you told me a pretty interesting story of how you wound up staying in the states you moved down to Florida mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um, how did that work you were yeah I don't remember I just remember thinking it was an interesting hero's journey. Mm. Yeah. So that was essentially I realized that I did not want to be a part of the military mm. and that was not nothing that I stood for and uh, just the path that it would have taken me it wasn't I didn't resonate with it. So I found a way to to give back in different ways which uh, <laughs> which was uh, yeah working uh, working uh, as a developing my nutrition coaching practice okay so that was the first step towards towards the journey that um i embarked upon okay yeah and then you're in florida for how long a couple years yeah around that okay and then what makes you leave the states of simply a soul-sucking environment <laughs> that's what i uh, described it as and um just wanted to change the environment completely and ended up moving to thailand at that point and um I actually found a, and a visa situation was tough in the States. That was another reason. And um, 
I found a job in, so I applied for jobs in China, Korea, and uh, Thailand. I was I was interested in teaching kids mm. um and i was like that would be a great career shift and just completely doing something completely different for a year and just living a completely different life that i that i'm used to living and did yes yeah, so we did that for a year in thailand i was the, in uh this industrial city i was teaching middle school girls math for mm. for a year and mm. while i was i had my nutrition coaching practice on this on the side uh via an online medium so i kept that but uh cool change something exactly yeah. completely different and loved the experience and slowly but surely gravitated towards bangkok um there i um i started my brick and mortar and yeah, you opened a gym right yeah yeah and that's something that really didn't as i said like the i just wanted the the idea of it was cool and i thought that would be that would be something something great to do but then um more and more i realized that that's not what i stand for mm. that fitness again is a, a single dimension from all the pillars that i advocate for when it comes to healthy living and healthy lifestyle in general and i simply realized that um yeah, I was not, uh, to be honest uh, with you, I was not willing to put in the work mm. to shift the mentality and the mindset uh, surrounding the fitness industry that, uh, and that being very superficial and uh, single dimensional. And I was, it would have taken me a whole career to change it. And I uh, stepped away from it and started something that developed something that is actually all encompassing. So, oh, uh, I want to dig in a bit on Thailand because I have this image and the times I've been to Bangkok, it tends to draw, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it, it just has like a crazy party atmosphere to it. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I don't know if everyone's there partying, but the, from my experience, it's got kind of two, dy- two dynamics. You got one dynamic, which is you have Westerners who want to live really cheap. And then you have another dynamic, which is you have Westerners who basically want to party and go nuts um, and so you're there, you've got this gym, who are the people that are coming in? Is it primarily Thai? Is it Westerners? Well, who's there that's, uh, training in your gym? Mm. So the area was, uh, primarily Thai. Okay. Uh, we had a few foreigners, uh, who were coming, but it was primarily Thai. And, uh, again, uh, their understanding of fitness, health and all that is, 20 30 years behind of mm. what it is in the in the western world so but they're basically bought these are bodybuilders these are guys doing like heavy no what, is, what uh, so the the gym was more of a functional training yeah. uh, facility and that's what i was uh i was advocating and then trying to uh implement the nutrition side of things as well which uh they didn't understand that yeah. it has any, <laughs> any they're like i just want to get ripped that's yeah, right, exactly yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so then, mm. what, so then, when you leave, when you leave Bangkok, you sell the gym or you shut it down, yeah. And then, why'd you come to Bali? Like, why was that the next? I have to be honest. I've been so uh, it, it's been my getaway. Bali mm. has been my getaway for the last couple of years, and every opportunity I would get, I would fly from Bangkok to Bali for for a short uh, holiday short getaway. Yeah, short holiday. And let me interrupt you just for a second because mm. it's interesting to me that. Thailand as a destination for Westerners, they come from Europe, they come from the States, whatever, they go elsewhere in Thailand and you would actually leave Thailand entirely mm-hmm. and go to another, like right. to me, it's like kind of tra- trading one beach for another, right? In a way. Mm. 
I, I don't know what what it was with the pull, I guess, with the food, food scene. Yeah. Mm. Well, one of the biggest things, I guess, because I, I've been living in Thailand for a while. I visited pretty much every single uh, part of the country mm. and I was kind of tired of Thai food and Bali was that, you know, just haven yeah. for great food, great environment, great vibe. And it just really resonated uh, with me. So I kept coming back and this past July, I said, all right, I'll give it two months. Uh, feel it out, see how everything goes, and then um, if it goes well, I'm staying here. I'm just moving out of Bangkok and relocating to Bali. And within first two weeks, I knew that yeah, this, this is, is it. The spot. That's it. Yeah. And one of the reasons was because so Bangkok is, uh, from my personal experience, was very shallow in terms of relationships and the relationships and the connections that I have made within the first two weeks in Bali were deeper uh, than the connections, most, not all of them, but most of the connections that I have, uh, had made in Bangkok in three years. And you mean w- connections with other Westerners or connections with the locals? Yeah, uh, with, with the Westerners. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. with people in general. Hmm. So, yeah. And so now that you're here, a couple of the things that when you and I talked that I thought were interesting, you're involved with a project down um, at the very southern end of Bali in uh, the Bouquet called Yogi Lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also, you're doing a couple other things, both online and offline while you're here. So what are those? So, uh, yeah, that's a very exciting project that, that we're having. It's a high performance retreat. So it's a seven day retreat where we're going to incorporate every single dimension, every single pillar necessary for optimal health and peak performance. And, uh, so that's a big project that we're working on and I'm pumped. And one thing I think cool there is they have a cryogenic chamber, right? Yep. Only yeah, one in Indonesia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. at least in Bali. Yeah. Because yeah. they're yeah. very expensive to build and maintain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. What's what's inside of this seven days? Is there one... Do you get to use the cryo, yeah. the cryotherapy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's the benefits of that? So uh, cryotherapy essentially gives you the hermetic stress, uh, creates hermetic response in your body, which is that... Um, stress that is beneficial for your body that's the same stress that you get from uh exercise for example mm-hmm. and uh from cold thermogenesis in general has so many uh different benefits as for skin health for uh for recovery for um reducing inflammation of collagen production all of that is a myriad of benefits and mm-hmm. it's it penetrates your skin when you have it's negative 110 degrees celsius it's uh, for staying in there for three minutes also uh, trains your vagal tone vagus nerve so getting into that parasympathetic nervous state so you're actually overriding the sensation the urge in your brain that is asking you to get the hell out of there Mm. (laughs) Uh, Mm. so that's that's one of the benefits and again the, the facility has other um, other things like infrared sauna, cold hot plunges, again, uh, similar response. Um, hyperbaric oxygen uh, therapy, so that's that oxygenates your body. Um, and which, for people who don't know what that is, essentially it's acting as if you're at the top of like Mount Everest or. Yeah, it's it's like oxygen deprivation in that a way. One, no, that one uh, that one is a bit different. So that one, uh, that kind of there's a, the one that shifts uh, your oxygen uh, saturation. Okay. Uh, so that's that's a, a compl- uh, that's a little bit different. This one uh, kind of pressurizes uh, your body from from more from the outside. So if you hmm. get uh, bends, for example, yeah. that's one of the treatments that they do. But uh, again, hyperbaric oxygen 
uh, therapy. It's it's pretty popular now uh, mm. around the world in terms of the health benefits and um, neurogenesis, neuroplasticity uh, for for again a lot of things. A lot of things are are beneficial. Um, are you going there and doing this on a regular basis? Yeah, I spend. Uh, that's my productivity chamber, I call it. Okay. As I want to go in it, I just lay down and then uh, get some stuff done on my computer and I'm very productive. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing, um, flotation tanks. So uh, complete sensory deprivation and um, the water is ozonated. So uh, that's just, again, it's like a little sanctuary down there on the cliff side. Um, and in those seven days, uh, again, of all the this fancy stuff, uh, I'm um, as I said, so we got into the weeds of biohacking, and I absolutely love. Again, I'm very fascinated about stem cells. About again, I'm, I mean, I have a lot of self quantification devices and all that. But as you're sitting here right now, you've got a continuous blood glucose monitor right. taped to your your arm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as an example. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're basically monitoring how your body's responding to sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different, or different foods in general. Okay. Uh, so, for example, uh, I tested. So, my girlfriend has a health food brand, and she uh, makes these health, um, plant-based Snickers bars, uh, sweetened with dates. And I tested that against a regular Snickers bar to just test my blood sugar response to it. And it was crazy to see the difference mm. that it made. Mm. Uh, just uh, the the blood sugar response. I had a massive spike from a regular conventional uh, Snickers candy bar, and then no blood sugar response at all from from uh, the plant-based yeah, one with dates. Plant-based one. Yeah, exactly. Why is that beneficial to keep the blood sugar response? from spiking to not have that happen why so, what's mm, the benefit to that yeah, yeah that's a good question so there, there are a couple a couple of uh, things with that so one of the um one of the layers of it the more overarching one long term is that the more um blood sugar fluctuations you have the more spikes you have that was that has a cor- correlation to reduce longevity so mm-hmm. uh you want to keep your blood sugar as leveled as possible throughout the throughout the day. That's why uh, people in the anti-aging community are taking metformin for that exact that exact reason. Another layer to that is simply because of the feeling that you get on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. So if you um, have spike, like a drop, spike, exactly. Drop, yeah. If you have that conventional healthy quote-unquote breakfast that people of granola in the morning and or cereal or something like that, something uh, sugar, or even overnight oats, that that spikes your blood sugar like nothing else mm. and then you can you can see it you can visibly see it so i'm i'm actually uh, going to put out some data once i once i finish this because i've been logging things what i what i was eating and how my blood sugar responds to to those to those tests and um show people how conventional beliefs uh, the way that my blood sugar responds to those and then if i'm doing something um new that, different unconventional that yeah Right, like a higher fat, uh, whole meals in the in the morning, and then um, not having like a rich carbohydrate, carbohydrate rich meals in the morning, and seeing the energy levels completely shift and blood sugar response be uh, way more leveled. Because you had told me, what do you norm what, what what do you normally eat in the morning, and what do you recommend people eat in the morning? Because I th- I remember you telling me this, and I thought it was 
Steak? What do you what what do you normally eat in the morning? Not mm. steak. What what is it? Yeah. Uh, I usually I usually get something something fatty. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is. So uh, sometimes I would have like a, a high fat coconut yogurt with coconut flakes and nuts and seeds. Uh, if I feel like a but not sweetened. The seed, right, exactly. It's not, it's not granola. No, no, yeah. not, and not at all. So just like a and no fruit. fatty seeds and no fruit. No, mm. uh, because I I have seen how my blood sugar response uh, to that in the morning. Like if I have a smoothie bowl, I'm going to be, uh, my day's lost. Like by noon, I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. My, uh, by noon, I'm going to be a zombie and then I'm going to have cravings throughout the day. Uh, I know that, so for example, now I had one meal today at around 10-ish a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, what time is it? About two, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not hungry at all mm-hmm. uh, because I had, so what I had this morning was a couple of eggs, uh, a whole avocado. I had had some stir fried vegetables in 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 like a grass fed butter. Um, had a cup of cacao. So I make uh, cacao, like cacao with, where it's uh, yeah boiled and oh uh, cacao with coconut milk with uh, some uh, some butter mm-hmm. and uh, coffee. So it's like a, this uh, mixture and. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, and I feel I feel fantastic. I don't feel uh, like I need to eat multiple times a day. Mm. And as I said, if I do, if I did eat a smoothie bowl, I would be peckish, you know, just trying to uh, grab a bite and uh, constantly be looking for food and something to snack on, because it just it triggers that response, that those cravings to keep and, our blood sugar levels. And one of the things with blood sugar that to be somewhat of a tangent is. You, you probably don't drink alcohol, do you? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. How does that affect your blood sugar? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I haven't measured yet. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's something that it's in the books. But uh, the thing is with uh, alcohol, alcohol is the first, like a primary fuel for our body. Okay. So, it's uh, um, if, if you, let's say you eat whatever, uh, the first thing that is going to be consume is going to be ethanol from alcohol for energy and everything else is going to then it goes carbs and then it goes fats so Hmm. uh and that's that's your body's that's how your body prioritizes it essentially Hmm. so it's gonna let's say you're drinking alcohol and um, you add a meal you have a pizza and a glass of red wine yeah so uh the energy uh is gonna is gonna come from alcohol Hmm. and the carbohydrates that you're consuming are gonna most likely gonna get stored Hmm. Because your body's uh, not processing. So if you're drinking, for example, if you're drinking the, that's why, you know, happy hour around five to uh, five to seven p.m. Th- that's actually a great time to have a drink because hmm. um, it's before dinner. It's not not with with a meal, hmm. uh, and you're can burn through it exactly precisely. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Mm. So if I do drink alcohol, uh, I go for something pure. Uh, let's say gin and uh, soda water. Or my tequila, fi- or uh, my fi- I'm not a fan of, te- of tequila, honestly. But uh, I like wines. I like wines, but I'm very picky with them. Obviously, biodynamic, organic. Uh, just yeah, well, I, I get I get fancy with it mm. <laughs> because the, I know the um, the sugar content and the uh, yeast and the GMOs. Uh, organic wines in in the states can still have 70 plus additives. Okay. So that's that's and still, crazy. And still qualifies yeah, organic. Fine. Exactly, and still qualifies organic. In Europe, it's a bit less. It's about fifty-ish, and biodynamic ones are literally the uh, the ones that 
there are no there are exposed to no chemicals people literally cycle around those grapes it's made with a wild non-gmo yeast uh, mm. super low in sugar you can have a bottle and then have no hangover the next day they're, they're fantastic yeah. interesting mm. so if i do mm. uh, choose to drink that's that's my go-to and you find this stuff in bali uh, not yet. I usually bring it in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay. So as you're talking about the, the continuous blood glucose monitor in mm. your arm, last time you and I spoke, you're wearing an aura ring. I want to know a little bit more about that. And some of the other, you and I are both fans of treadmill desks. Uh-huh. Um, you actually travel with one, which I thought was fascinating. <laughs> so <laughs> talk about some of the stuff that you find the most uh useful let's say yeah the things that have the biggest impact um so the the way i approach health in general and the low-hanging fruit so i was i was going on a on a tangent uh, beforehand that i love stem cells i'm fascinated by all this anti-aging research but before you do anything all the fancy things you have to take all the uh, take care of the fundamentals first. So before you take care of anything and do any of this cryotherapy, uh, red light like uh, infrared um, exposure, whatever, whatever, all this fancy stuff comes Earth, second. Earthing, yeah, yeah, precisely. Uh, sensible, sensible sun exposure. Uh, actually, get, actually living with a with a circadian rhythm or mm. living with nature mm. and uh, not eating, for example, after uh, sunset. Those are those are massive. So um, I break them down into six pillars, which is sleep, stress management, nutrition, movement, environment, and your mindset. So mm-hmm. six things, six pillars. Uh, that's what that's what ultimate health is mm-hmm. surrounded uh, by. And that's that big one big umbrella of health, essentially. So uh, the biggest thing is, as I said, I was, yeah, I do quantify my sleep because uh, I was borderline insomniac and really had had a hard time sleeping. And um, I used to sleep for eight and a half hours or over eight hours and then wake up and feel like a zombie. Mm. <laughs> and I wouldn't understand why. And the reason behind it was because I was eating late, eating way too late. So my digestive system was, uh, my body was focusing on digesting the food that I ingested rather than creating the hormones uh, necessary for for sleep, uh, so that's that's one of the biggest things is not eating within at least three hours before bed. And the general rule is not to eat after the sun goes down. Right, that's the best. Uh, perf- perfectly, and yeah, in a perfect world, that'd be that'd be um, that'd be great. Be tough and, for Northern Europeans in right. the winter time because the sun's <laughs> going down three thirty four in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, I try to have dinner. Uh, by 5.30, 6 the latest. Hmm. So then, because I know that if I eat after 7, yesterday I ate a bit late, I uh, went out with um, with some friends uh, just to have to have dinner out and uh, finished eating around 8. And already, I took a massive hit on my on my sleep. <laughs> and you can see that with the aura ring exactly. and you see it the next morning when you yeah. wake up. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things. And um, let me ask you a, yeah, a question sure. with that. So, for instance, let's say you eat at eight. What about if you just stay up later until eleven or twelve to mm. basically give yourself enough time to digest and then sleep in later? Mm. So that's that's not ideal for me as well because uh, certain my. REM and deep sleep patterns happen in the in a certain window. So mm-hmm. there's a pattern uh, that that I've identified. If I skip that window of going to bed or waking up uh, at a certain time, I'm gonna it's gonna 
Yeah, you don't. Uh, you can't get it back. You basically can't move that window, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Most most of the time, it's not. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Interesting. Sometimes, okay. if I if I don't sleep enough, then I try to offset with meditation. So I do practice uh, transcendental meditation, and that um, I go into an hour of meditation while traveling uh, or something along those lines, and that helps me with my with my sleep and the way I feel. Yeah, I th- I th- when you and I had talked previously, you had mentioned that you have this device that you put into your nose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called by light, yeah. V V I or B I V V V I E light. Violet. Yeah, okay. Light. And um, it's essentially photobiomodulation, which is le- red light therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, our blood has this property uh, of carrying certain of carrying light of tran- transferring light uh, through throughout the body and the reason it's in your nose because the capillary density is the highest uh, and your ears right and your ears yeah Yeah. Uh, or ears not so much as i mean uh, i guess nose is the the best orifice to yeah (laughs) it's ground zero yeah exactly and um so different wavelengths of light had different act different ways on on your body so for example like uh, i have 810 nanometers so that one uh, targets your brain activity and then uh, there's another one 633 that targets your your body activity so essentially what it does is recharges your mitochondria which are uh energy currency of the of the body um the cells um the thing that produces energy in the cell and um those wavelengths trigger the higher response of energy production so i do that twice a day it's like i said 25 minute session yeah so in the morning while i'm meditating i kind of combine earthing uh meditation uh binaural beats to get uh, for me to get into a deeper meditative state and then i i have that um red light therapy in the morning i'm picturing you sitting somewhere on the earth Big headphones, mm. contraption in your nose, deep in meditation. That's it. And yeah, that- that's it. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to see a photo of it. And then, like, <laughs> so at night, what are you then doing when you're winding down? Because some of the things you talked about, again, red light, uh, sorry, blue light, you, you blocking and mm-hmm. some of the things there, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So blue light blocking uh, to to trigger that melatonin production so if you're exposed to blue light blue artificial light uh during the day it's great especially from the sun natural blue light it spikes up cortisol and you need a certain a certain levels of cortisol to get through your day okay Uh, when you're winding down you don't want to expose yourself to artificial light uh because again it uh, spikes cortisol which is um antagonist to Sleeping melatonin, yeah. Well, uh, it's it's effect- it's effectively your fight or flight module, right? right. It's basically exactly. saying like, yeah, be a, be on a, be on guard, be aware, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's it. And uh, so I block any blue light when the sun sets. So I put on my blue light blocking glasses once the sun sets, and uh, I have a bedtime alarm which goes off. It's like a your sleep. Your actually your sleep starts when you wake up. I like that phrase. So mm. uh, first of all, I I always get sun exposure first thing in the morning so Mm. while i'm meditating i'm sitting outside uh, and getting soaking up some rays Uh, how were you doing this in bangkok or uh, were you as rooftop 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would go on a rooftop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was that was that. I just couldn't get grounded, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I have a bedtime alarm, and then I go through my evening routine, take my pre-bed bedtime supplements, which are uh, I take uh, reishi, chaga, lion's mane mushrooms. That depends. That varies. Five uh, HTP. I'm a huge fan of that, and uh, GABA, GABA, and uh, zinc. And topical magnesium, though that's my pre-sleep stack that I take. And then I lay down on my acupressure mat, which yeah. overwhelms my central nervous system and um, completely relaxes me. It's painful for like 30 seconds. Best investment. Every single client of mine has it. Like best it's, it's basically a make. long mat with needles. Like spikes, not really needles. Okay. Yeah. Like spikes. And it's, um, as I said, for first 30 seconds or so, it's mm-hmm. a bit, it's a bit, uh, unpleasant, but yeah. then uh, your your body adjusts to it, and then you you feel the most relaxed you ever feel. <laughs> and then whatever else, again, that's that's my bedtime routine. But everybody can craft their own. Take a um, hot bath, uh, have a cup of tea, what have you. Just uh, something, whatever winds you down. Read yeah. a book, yeah, uh, what have you. So whatever winds you down, that's yeah. It's a yeah. habit that essentially says to your body, it's time to go to sleep that's now. It. It's time mm-hmm. to prepare for this. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So that, uh, yeah, we got sleep covered, stress management, as I said, meditation, uh, different forms work for different people. I'm a huge fan, a fan of breath work. So uh, I just led a medit- uh, like a breath work meditation session this morning. Mm. And um, so breath work is a great modality for stress management, dealing with trauma or uh, releasing whatever you need to, you need to release. Um, also, I incorporate that while driving. So like a four, seven, eight breath, four count in, seven count hold count out just to get into like a more parasympathetic state when you're driving fast and you're uh especially here in bali uh, it can be stressful so that's yeah. how i relax myself are you you have some sort of timer you have headphones with a timer going off so that you remember to actually stick with this i just i just count yeah I yeah just count. and you mm-hmm. get it huh mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's uh i don't do it i do it like for five minutes and it puts me into that parasympathetic state and i feel great beautiful yeah it prevents me from uh being too stressed out after or you know uh, sometimes you get especially riding around here it is very sensory activating so uh, a lot going on a lot coming at you Mm -hmm. that helps me uh, helps me stay grounded Hmm. yeah uh because i used to be just shaky after after those rides and now now it's just easy one of the things with stress management that's helped me a lot is is turning down notifications turning Mm -hmm. down the ways that people can get in contact with me um and kind of limiting that limiting both the time in which i'll look at the phone and then also what the phone can tell me right so Mm -hmm. yeah um i don't know if you've done something similar no i I have no notifications the the only ones that it's uh whatsapp yeah that's the only one and then uh, (laughs) most most of the time my phone is in the airplane mode so uh that's just also when i put it in my pocket it's always in the airplane mode (laughs) yeah because i've seen a lot of compelling research that uh they measure hip bone hip density or hip bone density on the side that you were carrying your phone. phone yeah and it was it was freaky i think it was a pretty significant difference between the hip bone density and that's that's scary like that's radiation at its finest so yeah and your, and your phone is in um rfid blocking case yeah mm-hmm. and you also had told me about the headphones tubular headphones uh-huh. yeah. yeah air tube Air tube, tube headphones, yeah. yeah. So those block essentially. They have a metal um, because sound travels either through 
electrical impulse or through um, air. Okay. So uh, if it travels through air, it has uh, so for air tube, it has this metal uh, block. First, first of all, it goes through through wire, and then that it blocks that electrical impulse, and then transfers that as a far as I'm not an electrician, but as far as I understand it, it just transfers that electrical impulse into the sound, and then it uh, goes through that tube, and then into your ears. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I remember asking you. You did not like AirPods. No. Anything with Bluetooth. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. No-no. I do limit uh, my Bluetooth exposure for sure. Uh, I mean, Bluetooth is less dangerous than uh, Wi-Fi than um, the phone signal. That's for sure. But I still, I still limit it as as much as I can. At your place in Bali, do you actually mm-hmm. shut off the Wi-Fi? You yeah. have it on. At yeah. Night. Do you? Yeah. Yep. And I have uh, like a red light bulb installed in my bedroom. So that's another thing for sleep. I did actually in Bangkok, especially, I would uh, feel a massive difference or notice a massive difference between my sleep patterns. I measured for three days, I remember. It was like uh, three days with Wi-Fi, three days without Wi-Fi. And uh, the average difference, I did pretty much the same like as, as... not being in a strict study, as same as it can get, n equals one uh, test. It was the the difference in deep sleep was about 15 minutes uh, mm. with Wi-Fi and without Wi-Fi. So mm. without Wi-Fi, I had more deep sleep than with Wi-Fi turned on. So that, that's pretty that's pretty significant, I would say. And have you noticed this? Is kind of the last question because we don't have much time. But have you noticed a difference in your sleep between Bangkok and Bali? All things. 100%. Yeah. 100%. All, everything else being different, mm-hmm. right? going from a big city to I assume you're living kind of somewhere quiet and with right. rice patties. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 By all means, man. Uh, the, and I definitely, I'm, I'm convinced that is the, the vibration, the uh, electrical currencies and uh, electrical exposure that you get. And your, your biology is bombarded mm-hmm. from in a big every, city. Yeah. Every angle in, in a big city, whereas here you get grounded, you, uh, your body's actually at more of a negative charge. Uh, you get more negative ions, uh, exposed to more negative ions out here. So absolutely. Yeah. Massive difference. Yeah. I, I have often told people that I think particularly up here in Ubud, there's just because of the lack of light pollution that it's very easy to go to bed early, mm-hmm. um, to be in bed by nine, nine thirty, things close down. There's not a lot of light. And as opposed to somewhere like Bangkok, where there's just a ton of stimulus coming at you. Right. Um, I find when I get here, it's very easy to be like, cool, going to bed at nine thirty, waking up at five thirty. like no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no need to force myself to do it. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that my sleep has gotten a lot better. So, mm-hmm. all right. I think we're, uh, pushing up on your uh, um, on your time limit here. So, AJ, where can people find out more about you online and follow what you're doing and get in contact with you if they wanna if they wanna do some coaching and and learn more about you? Mm. So, uh, the project that we're working on and it's gonna be two or one or two more after our first one is thehighperformanceretreat.com. Uh, on Instagram, so it's the high performance the retreat. high performance retreat. Yeah, okay. dot com. Um, on Instagram, well with AJ or thrivingwellness.co, we're running uh, with a partner of mine who is a functional medicine practitioner. We're running a functional medicine and health and um, performance coaching practice. So that again encompasses every single aspect of a human's body and to peak performance, health. And I like taking people from good to great. Ryan likes taking uh, people who are really struggling and 
bringing them to a baseline. So mm. we have that. We'll have it's both. Like one two punch covered. depends on where the person's coming in at. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hang on. Cool. Okay. Thank Sweet. you for your time. Yeah. Pleasure. Mm-hmm.